Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Today, President Biden's going to wrap up his trip to California. After hosting a leader's retreat on the sidelines of the APEC summit in San Francisco yesterday morning, the president addressed the CEOs who were in attendance and talked about the optics of the economy not lining up with the good data. More people in the United States are in the workforce today than any time in American history. Unemployment has been under 4% for 21 straight months. Inflation has come down by 65%, more to do. We now have the lowest inflation of any, lowest inflation rate of any advanced economy in the world. We pay more for eggs. That's the conversation. You tone-deaf, myopic, freak children. And I'm not just talking about President Biden. I'm talking about Joe Scarborough. Do you remember when MSNBC's Morning Joe used to be the intellectual show? Oh, oh, those were good times. Those were good times. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Comparing us to other nations is not a valuable thing to do. No one cares. No one. Ain't nobody got time for that. They don't. It doesn't matter what's happening in Germany. Do you know why? I will give you a hint. We are not the Germans. We don't care the state of the economy in Berlin. Now, maybe in a macro sense, you want Berlin to be doing well. But in a micro sense, we want to know what's happening in our kitchen. And why does it cost so much money to fill the refrigerator in our kitchen? The end. Inflation is on the way down. Should we discuss, Joe Scarborough, that none of that, none of it, has to do with Joe Biden? Meanwhile, median household wealth has grown by 37% in real terms since before the pandemic. For that, he should be yelled at till the end of time. Median household income is up 37%. Again, I ask you, what does that matter if the inflation has taken it all away? Well, inflation's down. No, 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 no. The inflation growth may have leveled off, at least it did for a month. We'll see what happens next month. The inflation is not down year over year. The cost of things has not gone down. We put Joe Biden in office Gas went up over a dollar a gallon near immediately, and it's still that much higher. Why is that not part of the conversation? Oh, that's right. It's the Russians' fault until the gas prices went down, and that was because of Joe Biden. No one cares about the macro sense of anything regarding the economy. That's for geeks and wonks. I mean guys who have never satisfied a woman. It is for them. It is not in any way, shape, or form for the people at the kitchen table, for the people who actually put gas in their car or their truck. 
and you're now paying more for the service call. You're paying more for the deliveries. You're paying more for everything. Dear Lord, if, if you can afford Grubhub or DoorDash, you clearly are not in radio. My gosh, I don't know how you do it at all. The service fee and then the this fee and then the we won't spit in your food fee. Oh, you got to pay the we won't spit in your food fee. Uh, they now call it a tip. Well, it's the we won't spit in your food fee. That things are better should be acknowledged. And it would be a lie to say that the latest round of economic data from the Consumer Price Index to the Producer Price Index isn't better. Where's the 10-year uh, treasury right now? And the market's been up for three weeks in a row. And it's been down so much, it's, it's good to see the up. I want people's 401ks to be better. Uh, 10-year treasury is 445 uh, well, that's a nice little bit off the five percenters that we were dealing with. And if the 10-year treasury by which you base the 30-year fixed is at 4.45, that would mean that 30-year fixed rates are at seven and a half? Is that, is that what we're looking at? Or is that at seven? Which would mean a smaller basis point spread. Yeah, this was this was Nerd Wallet. Nerd Wallet says today's 30-year fixed rate is 7.08%. I expect housing sales to have a nice little bump. We said it was going to come as the 10-year treasury was going to go down. I'll cheer all of that. I don't need these things to be terrible to know that Joe Biden isn't the guy. Because things coming down a little bit does not mean things are down. These are very different conversations. It's like when Joe Biden claims that he created all these jobs, but you know they didn't create a job. People went back to work. Why do we cheer as opposed to saying this is a step in the right direction? But Joe Biden and Joe Scarborough do not admit a clear, obvious fact. I acknowledge there's a disconnect between the numbers and how people feel about their place in the world right now. We can deal with the second part as well. We still have work to do, but our model for growing is delivering real results for all Americans. Gene, we, uh, Eugene, we've got numbers, mm-hmm. economic numbers yeah. that China would kill for. Yeah. I mean, literally. <laughs> uh, that, that the Europeans would absolutely love. Uh, we're doing so much better than most in the world. Uh, and yet, I don't know why. Why? Why? Why is it not getting through to American the American people? The embarrassment of that question. We don't care if China would kill for it. Doesn't matter. What matters is what is it we're dealing with right now, and what policy prescriptions have been put in place to hurt, that do hurt. And how about a recognition? That none of this is because of Joe Biden. This latest maneuver has is a one-two punch as we described with Dr. Matt Will, the economist from the University of Indianapolis. Republicans control the House, and you can blame it on the dysfunction. I'm totally fine with that. There's been no spending. There's been no movement. No spending, no movement. Gridlock makes Wall Street super-duper happy. And no spending means less money punched into the economy, pushed into the economy, shoved into the economy, which means inflation has a chance to go down. And secondly, the Fed, under Jerome Powell, has been engaged in the fight against the Biden and progressive spending.
There's no connection, no conversation, no honesty about what it is the Federal Reserve has done. You think I'm having a conversation about the economy. I'm having a conversation about the fraud in the language. The hatefulness in the discussion. And the appeasement of the Joe Scarborough class to say, my gosh, everything's great. Why don't people recognize how great Joe Biden is? Because he's not. If you want to thank somebody, you could thank the fight of the Federal Reserve and, and, and Jerome Powell. You can say, hey, it, they're, they're, they're totally a bunch of freaks over there in the House of Representatives on the Republican side, but no spending is good. We're not in a good place yet. I'd like to be there. Of course I'd like to be there. But we have not seen, and this should be pushed back upon in every quarter, no, we have not seen proof that Biden's economic policies provide value. We have seen fighting against Biden's economic policies provide value. We have seen total intransigence provides value. That's what we've seen. There is not an argument to be made that Biden policies, Biden administration policies, has brought something better. We can see that the Federal Reserve fighting the Biden policies and the inability to get anything through Congress has made things better. That's one hell of a way to run a country, people. I mean, that's pretty messed up. But it's the way it is. Do not let these people kid you in trying to get people to believe that things are great. You're just not willing to admit it. I hope things get better. We're a long way from great. And none of it has to do with Biden. Because if Biden got his way, it would be that much worse. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Can we please stop talking about banned books because the books weren't banned? They weren't banned. I've got Pink, uh, the, the singer, screaming about banned books and she's gonna, you know, uh, have these these shows and she's going to uh, share all these banned books. The books were never banned. If you can have the book, if you can sell the book, if you can share the book, it's not a book ban. It's just not factual. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. But maybe there are some books that should not be in school libraries. Like an elementary school or a middle school library. Pink went to show off a book uh, from... uh, Tony Morrison called The Bluest Eye. You know what I know about The Bluest Eye? Nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Less than nothing. I had to look it up. This is a book about a girl who gets raped who gets sexually and physically abused. 
that's that's what this is, is, is this book is is about about a young black girl from an abusive home who thinks beauty and social acceptance come with being white and longs to have the bluest eye that's what tony morrison decides to write about now i ask a question this book is available right now. If I go to Amazon.com, Pink, and, and I, I bring this up because it, it's a fraud to say it's a banned book. It, it's, it's, just, it's just a lie. It's a lie, and if you say this, you're a fraud of a person. Well, there it is. As a matter of fact, I can get the Audible audiobook of The Bluest Eye for $0. It's free with an Audible trial. Free. Yet it says ages 9 and up. Now I ask a question. Is a book that involves the rape of a child a book for a nine-year-old? Why can't we ask that question? And why can't the answer be no? Why can't it be no? We don't discuss rape with nine-year-olds. Now, maybe a parent will when asked the question. But if the book is there and the kid is, you know, influenced by someone like Pink to read it or a teacher to read it or an aide to read it, what if the parent doesn't want to have that conversation yet? Is it now the responsibility of the school to ensure that conversation takes place? I will use a real-world example. My kids went to elementary school in California, Southern California. It's where we lived at, at, at the time. I mean, they were, they were super young. And uh, at the school, there was a fence around the school. We used to walk to the school, community school. And, and admittedly, that was fantastic. Right, you walk. Parents are walking. It was it, it, it was a little bit of a, of a dream in this weird, weird pocket of of the San Fernando Valley. And then we got to Indiana, and it was even a bigger dream. I mean, it's it's been special here. And so you would walk, and and there would be signs on on the fence around the, the school, banners, things going on. And one of the banners was, "Say no to drugs week." To which my then. It was kindergarten, right? Six-year-old, seven-year-old, something like that. Uh, what are drugs? The school, in showing how, uh, I'll use the term woke, but connected, in, in touch, they're, they're, they're standing up and doing the good fight, now introduced my kid to a conversation about drugs that I was forced to have. Maybe my kid didn't need that conversation at six. Why didn't I get to make that decision? Well, how could you not have a conversation with your child about drugs at six? I'm sorry, that's weird. Are you one of these people who watches cable news all day? Could you imagine? And I know people on the political right do this. Sorry, it's weird. You're subjecting your kids and your family all day to that? People, you guys know I do a morning show and I do this show. And people will tell me that for the morning show. There, I have had kids tell me, oh, yeah, my, my mom listens to you or my dad listens to you, which, all right, doesn't make me feel too old, but yet still somewhat old. And, and they're like, yeah, so, so I listen every morning. And I'm like, I, 
I don't know if kids should be listening to this show every morning. I'm not sure how I feel about such a thing. But the parents are making that call. The parents are making that decision. Not the school. Not pink. So if they say, you know what, a school, a, a, a book about the rape of an 11-year-old maybe isn't what I want my 9-year-old reading, that's okay. If you want your kid reading that, you can go buy the book. My God, it's free. I'm staring at it right now. It's free with an audible trial. You want it on paperback? Hold on. Let me see if I can find it on $9.99. Does that sound like a banned book to you? It has 5,171 ratings. That's, oh, no, no, wait. I'm sorry. I, I read that wrong. It has 31 ratings on uh, Amazon. It has 240,198 ratings on Goodreads. Goodreads is a, an app, a, a social media site that focuses on books. My wife and my oldest are addicted to Goodreads. In, in, in say, sometimes we lose them. Sometimes they're gone, and a couple days they come back, and they're like, I've seen things, man. It was, it's like my nom. And I'm like, I don't think it was like your nom, okay? Settle down. Let's be respectful. 240,198 ratings. That's not a banned book. Stop lying, you freaks. You pathetic, garbage liars. It's not necessary. Of course Pink is wrong. Now, she wants to read a book. She can read a book. She wants to share a book. She can share a book. I'm not stopping her. And since nobody comes to her place of, of, of work, wherever that may be, or her home or anything else, and puts her in handcuffs, well, I guess it's not a banned book. I guess the fact that she can post the image is the proof of the lie. Why lie? Some parents don't want this, and I think that they've got a solid point. And with all due respect, Pink, I don't listen to you when it comes to the parenting of my kid. I'm not even mad at you. You parent your kid the way you want. You think you can parent my kid, you can kiss off. Who are you? Honestly, that's, that's a question that should be asked. And there are a lot of moms and a lot of parents out there who have started organizations and engaged in organizations to answer that question. You ain't no one in relationship to how I parent my kid. And the school doesn't get to decide that this book is okay. Now, if you want a high schooler to read that, I don't think I'm actually bothered by that. But now we're discussing the difference between 9 and 13. And you might think that your kid's not ready until they're 15. So really now we're having the conversation where it all comes back to parental discretion, parental rights, parental responsibility. And of course, the recognition that the parent's in charge. What Pink says is that the parent who doesn't want this book in the school library is bigoted, which is, of course, the bigotry of Pink, to which she needs to come to the Lord on. I don't think one should be a bigot. I think one should let parents be parents. And I don't think uh, somebody who sings for a living gets to decide. I don't think somebody who's a radio host for a living uh, gets to decide. 
And I don't think teachers get to decide that either. Parents will decide. Show them some respect. This is Tony Katz today. How do you find the balance here in the sense of free speech versus discrimination? It's been a gray area forever. It's certainly not getting easier to figure out right now. You have actual tools and enforcement power here. What is the balance? Is there a threshold? Yeah. You know, and, and we're, we're bringing together college leaders and K-12 leaders, uh, and we're getting great examples. Colleges should be places where students could express themselves, and it's okay to have different beliefs. Uh, and it's okay to express those different beliefs. But when it becomes a threat to students or when students can't feel safe walking from their dorm to their classroom because they're afraid that they're going to get harmed, that's unacceptable. We must protect students uh, at all it costs. It is weird to hear Secretary Cardona, Education Secretary, engage that conversation on CNN when it is the education that he promotes in secondary that leads to those students who threaten the others who disagree. It's when his education leads to the shouting down and the heckling, the doxing. As a man who has experienced it more than once, I will tell you, uh, it's, uh, it's weird that people think, that, oh, let me just share a home address, try and threaten you into not speaking. Well, well yet, yet here I am. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. It just happened yesterday. Once, once again. You're, you think that when it becomes a threat, it's unacceptable? Where has that conversation been for the last 20 years? Where has that conversation been throughout the entirety of, of the, the DEI insanity? I don't think that someone's a bigot because of their skin color. And I don't think someone's born a bigot. And I don't believe in intersectionality. And if I said that in a lot of places and employers across America, I'd be out of a job. I'd be told, well, see there, you're a racist. You would need to go through some special counseling. It is remarkable to hear them say this because they have never, ever, ever actually lived like this. But maybe I should be appreciative that the conversation is happening in regards to the hatred on college campuses. And we argue, of course, that it is a hatred of Jews and certainly a, a, a hatred of Israel. But it is a hatred of Western civilization and Western culture. In order to engage this conversation properly, one has to go back to the speech Trump gave over the weekend where he referred to people as vermin. Because the left went crazy with this story. Oh, vermin. Oh, look at that. He's taking a page out of, out of Hitler's playbook. Demonizing your, your opponents. Uh, calling them insects. Oh, that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what Hitler would do. This is despicable. Oh, Trump is just the most evil man. I don't think it was a smart thing to do. I don't think it was a smart thing to do. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong uh, with saying that we're going to go after the Marxists in the State Department. 
or anywhere else, or the Marxist prosecutors, I think was the line. Yeah, Marxists shouldn't be in shouldn't be in positions of power. They're Marxists. They're against Western civilization, against Western culture. They're destructive. Absolutely. You need people who actually believe in the rule of law and will enforce it. Actual enforcement of the rule of law matters and matters greatly. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Me, I don't like the vermin conversation. I don't like the vermin conversation because of, uh, oh, this is the long version. I thought I had the short version of this. Let me let me see if I can. Let me see if I can find uh, this here in a shorter, shorter version. This is uh, Louis Farrakhan. Now, white folk don't like Farrakhan. Some of them respect me. That's right. But those who have been our deceivers. They can't stand me. I'm not mad with you. In fact, to the members of the Jewish community that don't like me, thank you very much for putting my name all over the planet because of your fear of what we represent. I can go anywhere in the world and they've heard of Farrakhan. Thank you very much. I'm not mad at you. Because you're so stupid. Don't you know, my teacher, Elijah Muhammad, taught me one day. He said there once was a donkey that fell in the ditch. And everybody came along, they picked up a stone and threw it at the donkey. They threw so many stones till the ditch got filled up and the donkey walked out. So my teacher said, brother, remember, every knock is a boost. So when they talk about Farrakhan, Call me a hater. You know what they do. Call me an anti-Semite. Stop it. I'm anti-termite. Congressman Andre Carson won't condemn that man. Congressman from Indianapolis, the 7th District of Indiana, says that man is a friend. Now... If Trump is now unacceptable in a position of power, how possibly could Congressman Andre Carson be in a position of power? How could anybody that does not excoriate this Jew hater who compares Jews to termites, how could anybody who supports him be in a position of power? How are they not excoriated? Only Trump? No, 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 no. And I could say as clear as day, I don't care if you like Trump or not. It's inconsequential to the conversation. Trump was wrong to use the language because that's not the language we want to hear a president using. That's the language of Louis Farrakhan. That's clearly the language of Congressman Andre Carson, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Cassie Cortez, Ayanna Presley, Jamal Bowman. That's the squad language. Why would you put yourself in that camp? 
Tony, you're putting a standard on Trump. That he's... Damn straight I am. What? He shouldn't have a standard? What happened to the standards? What happened to a way to do things? What happened to trying to bring people to your side? What happened to strong talk without going over the line? Dear Lord, do we even recognize there's a line anymore? What happened? There are moments where we go over the line. I have done it in my own life. But you try and say, okay, let me get back into this, to to what is right and valuable and proper. Just like I won't say of Trump, "Ah, it's no big deal. I I think it's a dumb move. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes he makes dumb moves. But listen to a press get upset about it, get angry about it, and think that they are moral about it? Listen to ridiculous commentaries like this on Seth Meyers' nonsense late-night show about Trump with MSNBC host Ari Melber? You know, one of the scarier things that I feel like, and again, it is that problem with sort of the Trump hose that just sort of sprays all day long, and and it's hard to sort of unpack it all. But he is basically threatening to use the military, to use uh, to weaponize uh, the Justice Department if he wins a re-election. And- you mean like the Justice Department is being used right now to go after him? If you're not willing to look at yourself, Seth Meyers, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know what kills me about Seth Meyers? Makes more money than I do. Freaks me out. And if Republicans hold Congress there wouldn't be as many checks on him as, as one might like. Uh, do you think we should, one, uh, take him at his word? Uh, because there has been reporting that he, this is his plan to weaponize the Justice Department. And, uh, and two, how, how much can we rely on the checks and balances in our government if that's the case? So, really great questions. I don't know how funny this part of the show yeah. will be, right? Yeah. We turn to the, the Did, looming... Does, does 21 Savage have a song about that? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know. Okay, well... We, um, we turn to the looming authoritarianism... There's two pieces to this. One is, I don't know about you guys, but I get tired of hearing every politician, every election say, this is the most important one. And yeah. This time it's existential. And there's a lot of reasons why that becomes like a tired talking point. However, if you have someone, whoever it may be, in this case, it's Donald Trump, who literally tried to overthrow democracy instead of leave office peacefully. And that's not a Republican or Democrat thing. That's the first time that's ever happened in our country, period. And now is running to gain power again. And you know that's what they did last time. And people have gone to jail for that. He's presumed innocent legally in all of that. It will be litigated. Yep. But many other people have convic- been convicted of sedition, of battery, of attacking the police that day, of storming the Capitol. If that person takes power again, it's not a second term. They're seeking a life term. Oh, good Lord. Uh, uh, Allow me. The pro-Hamas forces gathered in D.C. to try and force the DNC to to push Democrats into getting a ceasefire. And, of course, Capitol Police uh, came out. Uh, Not when Supreme Court justices are threatened. No, no, no. That was not a threat to democracy at all over abortion. That was okay. That was fine. But America demanding another country engage in a ceasefire, that brings out the Capitol Police. Police were pepper sprayed, according to the reporting. 
Police were attacked, according to the reporting. Not every cop and not every person. Why is that not a part of the conversation regarding people being attacked? Office buildings, congressional office buildings had to be locked down. This is the second time that has happened in the past month. But Trump is the threat. He's seeking a life term. Trump doesn't have the support of every Republican. How in the world do you say this with a straight face? It is unserious. How is that and that talk not as equal of a threat to the society writ large as calling somebody vermin or calling Jews termites? He's not looking for a life term. He wouldn't stay in office if he got a a, a second term for more than four years. You know it and I know it. We all know it and stop being crazy. Well, well, we can't trust him. I could trust Hillary Clinton. I could trust Stacey Abrams. You think I trust that Joe Biden's in charge right now? Do you? Because if you were to take a poll of America... And I'm talking coast to coast, sea to shining sea, north and south, every inner city and every suburb. I think the the results would shock you in the, no, I don't think he's in charge right now. No, I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's fully there. The vermin talk is bad talk. Anytime you're talking in a way that equates you to Louis Farrakhan, I think you're kind of failing. Not kind of. I think you're failing. And anytime you don't note the conversations of Louis Farrakhan, who is supported by Democrats in Congress proudly, uh, you're failing. It's not that I think you're failing. You're failing. We should want standards. And while we have a nation where anybody can run for office, maybe not just anyone should. Maybe we should want the standard. Maybe if we upheld the standard, it would then find its way to the rest of us. But if they are the ones who, there's no standard needed, well, if the leadership doesn't have any, what what do you expect? So, yeah, I wouldn't use the vermin line, uh, President Trump. Bad idea. Makes you look bad. Don't do that. Yes, sometimes you make mistakes. I know people don't tell you that, but some people are just downright cowards. But I sure as bloody heck am not going to listen to lectures from people who want to tell you if you don't vote my way, it's the end of humanity and who support the people who say the same awful, bigoted, dehumanizing things. I'm Tony Katz. Congressman George Santos is very, very unpopular. The guy who lies about everything uh, from from New York. Very, very unpopular. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. How unpopular is he? He's this unpopular. 
These are the lowest approval favorable ratings that I could find from this century, and this is amongst folks' own constituents. Look at George Santos in New York 3rd third District from earlier this year. Just 7% had a favorable view of him. That's tied with Bob Taft, who, of course, was convicted of a crime just before this poll was taken. Bob Menendez, who's obviously right now in some major trouble in some federal cases at 8%. And, of course, Rob Bogoyevich, who, of course, was an infamous convicted criminal at 8%. So he is amongst... The lowest at this point. I will say, you know, welcome to the modern era, where two of the numbers on this board are from this moment. If this were the, you know, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, you know, someone would say, Johnny would say, you know, George Santos is, is, is unpopular, so unpopular. And they would say, how unpopular is he? He's so unpopular that, and by the way, I love Johnny Carson, beliefs held by a few. So, of course, we mentioned George Santos's favorable rating, 7%. That's in New York's third district. Nationally for the other ones, the Earth is flat. 10% of Americans believe the Earth is flat. The U.S. faked the moon landing. Look at that, 12%. So the fact is, George... I'm sorry, that's pretty funny. More people believe that we faked the moon landing than believe George Santos. Or have a favorable view of him. The resolution is in to expel him from Congress. He has said he's not going to run for re-election. And he has put that out there, I think, as a way to try and save himself from this so he can at least have one term. I cannot imagine that even the Republicans, even limiting, uh, you know, sh- uh, shrinking their, their already small uh, advantage, their already small majority, I can't imagine that they'll do it. I can't imagine that they think they'll need it. It's... The guy is a weirdo. And what's with the sweaters? You lie about this. You take money for Botox. You do campaign funds on and spend it on OnlyFans, which, all right, admittedly, I don't think should be a crime. But still it is. It's the wrong way to spend your money. Santos will be gone. He has to be. This is Tony Katz today.